let's put things into perspective. Most of what most people suffer from today is a recycling of very old system. One example is taxes and taking benefits, the detriment of taking benefits. The taxation and benefits go hand in hand. Taxation on one hand is very similar to, or in fact it, it is when someone wages war and they win and instead of just getting rid of the, the, the people who they have won a war against directly or indirectly and that war does not always have to involve bloodshed it's just misinformation of subversion so once that is done effectively you get the people to pay tax because now they are your subject now they are under your dominion and that's what happens every day sales tax property tax uh, cities tax the sticker tax all that and just so people don't fully go crazy because the human mind is very unstable they put a little bit of solution here a little bit of solution there those solutions that are put there are not theirs inherently there's something that inherently exists in you and it must be left and preserved there in order to keep the balance of things the people taking your shit taking advantage of you are very wise and very smart they're not stupid people and you have to put this into account hence the natural aspect of things that will be left for you to seek and find in the process of you seeking and finding there will be baits and similitudes and confusion and more misinformation to perpetuate your detriment and your mental and physical slavery and that is the form of benefits they're going to say, are you sure you want to go over there? Here, we'll give you this benefit. But keep in mind that benefit is from the taxation that was taken away from you. That benefit is usually based on them giving you one and taking ten from you. And that benefit itself prevents you from being able to take the path that you need to take to get done that which you ought to enforce. To truly, quote unquote, free yourself. So, just put that into perspective. Another thing that ought to be put into perspective is this whole thing about concentration camps people keep going on about. It already exists. It has existed. Prison system in the Americas, that is the concentration camps. It has long existed. It's been there. That's the reason why the population keeps increasing. But if you tell someone that a prison system is a concentration camp, they will find it hard to believe because they feel like it has to be this one thing where people are gathered in one place and they have security guards and then there's pictures of people wearing costumes and then someone labels it as concentration camp. The only difference is just the terminology. The word prison and concentration camp is the same damn thing. They have guards, warden, correctional officers, whatever you call it. They put costumes on these, on these inmates. For them to wear it it is a concentration camp another thing that ought to be put into consideration and perspective is the whole military uh what is it called martial law that you hear people go on about it has long existed if martial law never existed then people they wouldn't be able to just casually come in without warrants they wouldn't be able to use police power to take your children away from you with child protective service because these local municipal police contract with these child protective services. They go with them, they investigate with them, all that. It already 
exists. It's being implemented every time you walk into a store and there's a security guard in there. That is martial law playing right there. Some people like to say, well, they have the right to secure their property. And yes, they do. That is absolutely true. But in the age of technology, based on how they function, then they will let you walk away and they have all evidence against you. And then they can come and bring the hammer down on you. It would actually benefit them and they will make more money based on how insurance works. But the fact that they have a security guard there sitting right in front of there, the whole uh, observe and report crap. That's military power being used against you. It's subconsciously conditioning you and letting you know that you're under a military occupation. So all that military martial law is about to happen crap people hear about, that's a bunch of trash. That stuff has been at play for a long, long, long time. And the people that you think in supposed history that were meant to act in favor of freedom or to free you and your posterities, whatever face, whoever they celebrate as being an icon, whether it's one group of people, black people or white people, whatever you think you are, whoever the U.S. celebrates, those are the people that were used as tools to your detriment. I'm not saying they're bad or not, whoever you think it is, I'm not saying they're good or bad, but just put that into perspective and think about the sequence of how things occurred and how harsh things got after the fact. Hence, it's very important to misinform you to think that the, the farther back you go in time, the worse things are. When in truth, it's the contrary. People are living in way worse condition now than they ever did in the past. And because of that, you have higher responsibilities, much, much higher responsibilities than your progenitors did. They warned us a lot that shit is going to go quite bad. We didn't heed the warnings as their children were born. Their children got lost in the sauce and consequently passed on through generation and it got worse. So now you and I have to pick up the slack. And you and I are not going to pick up the slack and be quote unquote free by doing some redemption manual stuff to the side and hoping that magically fixes everything. It does not work that way. That is another similitude of freedom and distraction. All that stuff that people do on the side is fine and well. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying do it. In fact, if you want, go ahead and do it. Have your first-hand experience and knowledge of it. And once you've spent the time and energy, that would probably be a, be a motivating factor for you to actually start taking other steps to actually getting things done. And that is, in fact, facing it. Most people do so much on the other side with the intent of not facing it. Self-responsibility is where freedom is at. If you don't take self-responsibility, freedom doesn't want you. Freedom is a sentient entity that's alive and very active. It's paying attention to you. What you do, what you say, what you hear, what you feel, how you feel, and how you do all these things. The freedom reveals itself. Freedom allows itself to be grasped, to be used to be one with if you actively engage in it not doing some other stuff completely on the other end and hoping it somehow fixes your problem it doesn't work that way part of taking self-responsibility that we've all fucked up and actually enforcing is the whole concept of impartial jury 
And the first part went through the Article 6 of the United States uh, Bill of Rights Constitution that mentions having a partial jury in, in the Illinois version it tells you having a process of having a witness in your favor. Jurors are, jurors are witnessing and examining the, the, the truth of the matter and the fact of the matter. They're not judging you per se. They're judging the facts, truth, and evidence that you've put in by witnessing basically what's available and then coming to a deliberation. That's what that is. And jurors are the people, the everyday man and woman, the guy who just casually wake up every day just to get a paycheck that will merely pay the bills to the guy who has more than enough and is just casually giving it away. The lady who is homeless and pregnant. The lady who has her own business, is doing well and off, is doing real fine, has a very good family and all that stuff. Everybody can be a juror. Now, we went over the definition and stuff, the foundational definition, the general definition and the details of who it applies to and who doesn't. In furtherance of that, within the federal rules of uh, civic procedure, it is within rule 47, selecting jurors. 47A goes to say examining jurors. The court may permit the parties or their attorneys to examine the prospective jurors. Examination of prospective jurors as we went over is void dire, the process itself. Right off the bat to let you know, the court may permit the parties, meaning you, the defendant, one being accused. Remember, if the attorney of the supposed plaintiff, the attorney being the prosecutor, if the only capacity and the position they can play is a witness, what more rights do they have than you? A witness, a third party witness who has no power standing the issue at all. What right do they have over you to pick the people who are going to hang you? You have the right to participate in the process of what determines your life. And the court here is referring to the supposed neutral third party, the acting judge. They're not going to do this unless you actually move them and demand for void dire and participation of it. And then put in the, the, the questionnaires, there's 12 jurors, put in 13 of it, one for the judge, the acting judge, and 12 for each of them, the questionnaires and which you, you know, whatever it is, which we'll go over later. So the court may permit the parties or their attorneys to examine prospective jurors or may itself do so or either or meaning the moment you waive your right to participate in the you know what here let's just go to the Illinois Constitution like this goes here to say in all criminal prosecutions the accused shall have the right to appear and defend in person to defend in person and by counsel to demand the nature and the cause of the accusation and to have a copy thereof to meet the witnesses face to face 
this witness remember is not just the guy who's snitching or the guy who heard something this witness is also the juror the verb juror is not used but jurors are witness to the fact and the evidence of the case keep that in mind don't get it confused or twisted when you see this word witness this includes jurors so in all criminal prosecution you have the right to meet these jurors face to face and to have process to compel the attendance of witness on his behalf meaning your behalf this process to compel the attendance of witness in your behalf is the void dire. It's, it's this is right here this is the process of picking a juror and that is what we're talking about here selecting jurors again the court may permit the parties or their attorneys to examine prospective jurors or may itself do so if you waive the right to do so if you don't involve invoke the substantive right article 9 uh, subsection 9 article 2 of the 1870 Illinois Constitution or article 6 of 1791 United States Constitution obtaining witness in your favor if the court examines the jurors meaning if you waived your right to do so and now the acting judge is doing that for you then you waived the right and the judge is like okay I'm the near term third party now I gotta step in if the court examines the jurors it must permit the parties or their attorneys to make any further inquiries it considers proper meaning even if after you waive your right by not knowing about it or because of fear or whatever the circumstance may compel you to do whatever it is you didn't participate or choose to participate in void ire the acting judge must still permit you to make further inquiries that it considers proper what is proper anything there in the Bill of Rights simple as that or must itself ask any of their additional questions it considers proper. If you're making constitutional claims, your questionnaire should be based on their knowledge of it. B. Preemptory challenges. The court must allow the number of preemptory challenges provided by 28 U.S.C. 1870. 28 U.S.C. 1870. Remember, even though, even though the Constitution talks about uh, void eye being in all criminal cases keep in mind I believe it's rule 2 tells you that there's only one form of action and that is civil one form of action there's one form of action the civil action Meaning even in criminal cases, you still have to use principles of contract involved in everything. So, 28 U.S.C. In civil cases, each party shall be entitled to three preemptory challenges. Several defendants or several plaintiffs, meaning if you join other party as third party, second party, fourth party, plaintiff, or defendant, may be considered as or if there's more than one defendant or plaintiff may be considered as a single party for the purpose of making challenges meaning you can make unanimous decisions and come in as one together rather than independently making a decision or the court may allow additional preemptory challenges and permit them to exceed separately or jointly all challenges for cause or favor whether to the 
to the array or panel or to individual jurors shall be determined by the court. And what is this preemptory challenge specific to Vadir, which is selecting jurors? It's basically the elimination of them or not. One of the limited numbers of special jury challenges given to each party before trial, the questionnaires. And generally any expressed doubt about the qualification of a person of some task or about the legality of an action or a thing. With respect to juries, a party's request to dismiss potential jurors or even an entire jury panel that has been assembled thus far. And then it gives you the different types. And believe it or not, these different types of quote-unquote challenges, like you do a constitutional challenge, is exactly what you will put in if you want to disqualify all the juries or specific ones. Like strike for cause, like if you want to strike a party, not to strike a piece of paper, but you can strike a party. But instead of saying that, you can say that if you want, but formality of the, the affidavit will be called challenge for cause. Simple as that. A challenge that aims to disqualify a potential juror for some stated reason, typically reasons good bias, prejudice, or prior knowledge that would prevent impartial evaluation of the evidence presented in court. If any of these applies, then this is the name of the, the, the instrument that you're going to use to move them. And challenge for, for array is just basically the same thing but just to disqualify all of them. A challenge that seeks to disqualify an entire jury panel assembled up until this point. The reason usually given is that the selection of the jury panel violated some rule designated to produce impartial juries drawn from the fair cross-section of the community. This fair cross-section of the community is an impartial jury of your own peers. And if you're from one part of the town or the other, one socio-politically uh, lower area, and you have a bunch of jury who was in quote-unquote upper class, you can bring this up because it, it's impartial. They don't understand the state of mind. They don't understand the living condition. They don't understand the aspect and the essence of the things involved in belonging to one social class or otherwise. If that applies to your situation, here's your solution of how you disqualify them. But then again, it takes you full circle. Remember, we're looking at preemptory challenge. There it is. The preemptory challenge results in the exclusion of a potential juror without the need for any reason or explanation. This is the third type that you use to disqualify a juror. And for this one, you don't even need any reason. Unless the opposing party presents a prima facie argument that the challenges was used to discriminate on the basis of race, ethnicity, or sex. But moving on. That's the preemptory challenge right there. So it says the court must allow the, the number of preemptory challenge provided, meaning the process of elimination. And within 28 U.S.C. 1870, which we just went over. Rule 47C says, excusing a juror. During trial or deliberation, the court may excuse a juror for good cause. Meaning, based on its own, uh, they call it sua sponte, 
basically to own its own discretion it can just remove one man or the other so that's it for this part right there those are the three different tools that you can use to remove them preemptory challenge is one challenge for cause which is if you want to partially remove them based on bias prejudice or prior knowledge that will prevent impartial evaluation it doesn't have to be limited to this it can just be the fact that your main affirmative defense is based on the constitution which everybody is bound by and they don't have sufficient knowledge in order to be able to use that because that's the fact that they're going to be witnessing that's the evidence that they're going to be witness to if they don't have sufficient knowledge to it then you're moving to disqualify them because they're not suited to be a juror in the matter you can choose if it's 12 of them you can remove one two three four five or eleven of them but if you just want to remove everyone in total well, as part of the jury you just challenge the error there it is right there you call it whatever you want but just know the foundational principles of why and how it works and incorporate some of this verbiage within that affidavit that you're using to move them because formality is also important when it comes to at law or even chancery and then preemptory challenge meaning you don't necessarily have to state a specific cause but be prepared for someone to rebut you but keep in mind even even attorneys can't say anything objection to the validity of preemptory challenge on grounds that the other party used is to exclude potential jurors based on race ethnicity the result blah 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 and there it is right there 